Hey friends, and welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to the sixth episode of my podcast, A Dose of Danny. Today's episode is a real good one, and a long one at that, but it is with my friends Mitch and Liam from uni in Sydney, and I thought it'd be really nice to chat to them about all things to do with travel. Between the three of us, we have covered quite a few places around the world, so it was really nice to just sit down with them casually and talk about some favourite places that we've all been to, some amazing food stories, and everything else in between. It is a good episode filled with very interesting stories and just fun times overall. Just a little disclaimer though, the audio volume between my voice and Mitch and Liam's voice is a little bit different. We were recording in a library room and I literally just use a phone, so it's not the best, but I hope you guys don't mind too much and let's jump right on in. Why don't you introduce yourselves? After the big man. Uh, I'm Liam, and I'm uh, Mitchell, and this is our, <laughs> yeah, um, we are Danny's friends um, from university. Yeah. Um, I'll introduce my friend, and he can introduce me. I reckon that's um, a good way, go for it. And Liam uh, has the last name of Jepson, he's a really nice bloke, um, you know, lives very close to uni, so I use his house as a, a parking spot usually. Yeah. Great instruction. And this is uh, Mitchell Muscados. I met him partway through first year. Mm. Managed to go on the same camp together and then not talk to each other or even see each other yep. for the week. So that was pretty impressive. But um, no, we've become great friends now. So mm. yeah, don't mind him using my parking spot. Very nice. Yes, Mitchell <laughs> and Liam are two of my mates from uni. We know each other from art sock and stuff. So mm. a lot of you guys especially my close friends will know about like you guys and the stuff that we've been up to with Artsock and stuff. But today we are currently recording at room 414 at university. Um, we didn't really have anywhere else we thought we could record. So um, we opted to record at the library, which is fine. I do have to say the smoke outside today is pretty bad. So I don't know about you two, but my throat is probably not in the bestest condition to talk. But to introduce today's topic, we are going to be talking about all things travel. I specifically thought it'd be great to invite Mitch and Liam to talk about this topic because amongst the three of us, I reckon we've covered a fair few places in the world, uh, particularly Liam, from what I understand. (laughs) Um, So to kick this topic off, I thought it'd be nice to ask, where is the last place that you have traveled to? Go for it. Answer the question, boys. I think the most recent place I went to was Amsterdam with my mum. Mm-hmm. How was that? It was good fun. Like, she was there for a week for work, so we got to have dinner together pretty much every night. It was a really nice, different way to see the city. Yes. Going <laughs> Compared to going with your yeah, mates, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. yeah, as opposed to going with friends. But no, it was a really nice, a very, very nice city outside of everything else yeah. that mm. happens there. Yeah, what was the weather like? It was like, it was about spring, so it was like really quite it's cool. really nice weather. But it was, yeah, sunny every day. Slight bit of snow one one afternoon, damn, which is really nice. But yeah. no, it was really really enjoyable time. Fun. Most recently, Mitchell. Um, besides our little trip to the Gold Coast, <laughs> as well, um, we I went to um, I went to Italy and Amsterdam with my friend Carl from high school, and that was really really nice. Just for like a couple of weeks there in the middle yeah. of the year. Yeah, how good. I think I don't know about me. Well, the, I think the last time I went overseas was when I was in the UK. And it's funny because the next place I'll be going to is the UK as well. But um, I was on this trip um, early 2018 called the Global Leaders Delegation with Crimson Education. So we did Prague, uh, Geneva in Switzerland, and then London, Cambridge, Oxford. So I think that was the last trip. I mean, I've done plenty of interstate traveling in the last two years. Probably it's like crazy. Like if I look at the amount of flights that I've taken just since I've left high school it's about like 14 15 a year which is crazy (laughs) because it's like there and anyway anyway it doesn't really matter um but the last time that I've been overseas was early 2018 but I am leaving the country on the 28th of December so I'm very very excited yeah um the next thing I need to ask you guys (laughs) because you guys have done lots of traveling um outside is do you have any 
long haul flight tips? It's a bit of a different question, but you know, getting to Europe is a yeah, it takes a bloody long time. I think it's really dependent on how you feel about going to the bathroom. That's what it is for me, right? <laughs> like, it honestly That's all so rests true, on that one though. thing. So, I know, I like, say if I know who I'm sitting to, say like me and my friends have booked a flight and we have three in a row and then we just kind of decide amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, we will make sure that the person who the smallest bladder is like sitting in the aisle row kind of thing and yeah. i'm so good at holding myself usually so i'm so good at hibernating to the window seat kind of thing <laughs> yeah. that's my recommendation like no no one's no, gotta yeah. go and who you're flying with and their preferences as yeah well. try to be conscious of yeah. like other people around you yeah. like yeah um is there anything in particular you guys like take um on your like carry on kind of thing I don't know. This I reckon this really like diverges with girls and girls and gals, girls and gals. <laughs> literally, guys and girls. Like I know, like lots of YouTubers are like, oh my god, this is what I take in my carry on. It's like all this different type of makeup and oh, skincare. Uh, yeah, all and, oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. All the facial care. <laughs> yeah. What What is it like for you guys? What do you take on your carry on? For me, it's just like just having different things to do. So obviously, like a lot of the planes on those long haul, they have charging ports. So if you have like a cable for your phone and then a book to read and then something to write in. Yeah. You kind of, and obviously there's the screens to watch stuff entertainment. on. So yeah, yeah, just various sorts of, I guess, entertainment ways to just distract yourself. Yeah. It's a long time sitting in the one so. spot. Yeah. There's something to read and write on. I'm like strictly movies, like the entire time. Like I will be Ten hours so of movies. Yeah, that's it. I'm not even kidding. Like, and I feel like when you say like, oh, like makeup, like facial creams and stuff like that, <laughs> I think when I'm like on a flight, I'd like consciously want to look like a homeless person like i'm like i want to yeah. like get off this flight looking like i've been through it kind of thing because it's like, a journey yeah. it shows you what you've just endured for the last like how many hours hey yeah don't yeah. shave for like the last two weeks of your trip so you just completely <laughs> rugged at all when you come back yeah. mommy yeah. is so worried every time. <laughs> yeah but i don't know when i was flying to europe at the beginning of 2018 like i was saying um it's like a 14 hour flight Mm. from melbourne to doha i remember like i always need to go to the bathroom a lot because i drink a lot of water and on the plane i drink even more water as you can imagine man so lots of trips but for me it's like so awkward because i want to take photos of the sunset and the sunrise you know on the window seat but i also need to pee constantly have you ever had any like terrible experiences with like people you're sitting next to on like long haul flights <sighs> babies just oh, have you yeah. with babies yeah oh, the seat what's... next to me was just that's terrible like, like crying and fussing like a, yeah yeah oh, like a 10 hour plus yeah yeah it was that's when i was coming tough. back by myself was there like was... a parent with them yeah yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <so> <laughs> like, so the problem is like there's not much i guess you can really do yeah it's about so tough you can't make it not cry sometimes yeah. so wow such is life i guess but that's never ideal yeah i remember when i was flying to korea once on my own on the way there there was like a little boy next to me and i don't know i think in on korean air flights there usually is if the child is like under 12 years of age they can like apply for this like special care kind of program program thing um and this kid was i think flying back to korea to see his family because he was studying in australia by himself or with like a homestay family or something. But I started watching Harry Potter on my laptop and then this kid next to me was like looking as well, like fully leaning into it. So I was like, hey, hey, in Korean, do you want to watch with me? And so he's like so happy. And so we spent the rest of the, like, oh, a big majority of the flight watching Harry Potter together. That's so, very nice. Yeah, so I don't think I've, I, don't, I haven't flown by myself like internationally ever since then. So I haven't had any other nasty experiences because when I went to Europe... I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I was with, like, a big group, so we were always with, like, people. Yeah. Yeah, why? It's oh, pretty, yeah. It was, yeah, it was my first time this year because when I did meet up with my uh, my high school friend, um, he was already over there. Yeah. So I did the flight, like, there and back kind of thing by myself. And I remember specifically on, like, the flight there, I had the most insane migraine. Like, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And, like, honestly, I was like... I would rather not be on this plane. It was, yeah, it was no good to be honest, yeah. but it is what it is. It's a, like the flying aspect of travel is like just the part that you cop and yeah, it's, it's so how true. good it is to be able to be overseas, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so true. It's the trade-off. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh, that's, yeah. 
having a like migraine or feeling unwell mm. is like I think the worst part of flying as well because the air co- the air is so bad mm. and you just feel I don't know about you guys but whenever I'm on a flight a, a long haul flight of course you have to drink heaps of water because you're just breathing in recycled air but you feel really groggy just overall mm. just oh, with the, the so atmosphere yeah. and you everything. go to the bathroom and they have like the like the really bright white <laughs> lights you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like this what's is going on horrific right now. <laughs> yeah. different time zones as well apparently apparently they're testing this new long-haul flight from sydney to london yeah it's like 19 hours yeah and i could have almost gotten that flight yeah it's just really expensive yeah so i think it's like a trial at the moment as well because they need to change some laws because you can't work for 19 hours straight like for people that are working and also you go through like two sunrises and two sunsets and there needs to be like something that compels the people on the flight to like exercise and do something else otherwise it can be quite dangerous with that whatever that you know when your blood clots when you that's why elderly people wear those socks on flights and stuff yeah that can be really really dangerous so yes all right what what else the next question, or the next kind of thing I wanted to ask you guys about. Um, have you had any lost in translation experiences? So language barrier. When you're over in another country, um, has there been any awkward situations with locals, with food markets, buying stuff? I don't know. Take me through, like, the roguest place that you've been to and... Um, what kind of experience that was like with the language. Liam, start us off, I reckon. Probably one of the biggest sort of mix-ups or, you know, biggest lost-in-translation issues when um, we are in Poland. Um, and we'd managed to miss... It wasn't actually really our fault. We'd arrived at the airport three and a half hours early, but given a whole series of circumstances, we managed to miss that flight. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Because we were just given the absolute runaround by, like, I think it was Ryanair or EasyJet, one of those two. Just, yeah. I mean, they're cheap, but just yeah, it's really easy. not worth it because you probably won't get on the flight. Um, oh my God. So we were given the runaround with them, which was like bad enough, but so be it. Um, so we had to catch a bus. I think it was like a I know, 12, 13 hour bus to get to our next place. Oh my God. Otherwise, you know, we weren't going to be able to make the accommodation, check in time or whatever. So we got on the 13 bus. 13 hours on the bus. Oh, it was, it was not a good day not um, a good for a couple day. of us. It was no. a bad day. But no. what kind of made it doubly worse was that we bought the tickets and everything and then somehow we'd misplaced the ticket, the actual paper ticket. But, and this cost, it was like, I think it was 150 euros because um, then it was kind of my fault that we misplaced them. But what, what was really not ideal was when I went back to the tickets, I was like, look, I'm sorry, I've lost the ticket. Can you like reprint it out? Yeah. Like, I was just here 10 minutes ago. I know you know my face because we're the only Australian passports you, you know, um, put through today. Dealing, yeah. And she was like, no, sorry, you have to pay for the tickets again. This time it had doubled in price because as things do. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we paid, so this time it was my fault. So I paid the double price and then we went to go get on the bus and the bus driver who could speak fluent English, she'd obviously done a lot of, you know, tourist service he was like no it's fine once you're in the system no worries no need for you don't need to buy two tickets who would do that holy shit <laughs> so yeah that was that was oh a nice little 300 euros down the drain not even, not even 380 300 yeah. euros yeah so that second oh the second oh round of tickets was probably not ideal but i guess that was yeah alas that was like lost in translation issue oh um, no that would have been so awful <laughs> It's a lot of money. Just yeah, it was not. Yeah. Um, the first thing that came to mind wasn't even like a loss in translation. It was just like, just a total screw up from me and then me having to try and speak to a bunch of people I who love couldn't speak English. The, the bottom underlying thing is Mitchell and Liam's screw <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. Um, so I did, me and my friend Sarush, we went to Hong Kong at the beginning of the year. And I was in charge of accommodation. <laughs> so we, we used this, um, we, we picked this Airbnb. And first of all, it was so hard to get to because it was in a fish market. First oh of all, like, literally like, like we'd walk out during it. We, we, we arrived at like 11 p.m. Yeah. And we got to the thing at like 11.30 and it was like clear, but like we could still see like them like taking out stuff from like the stock. Fish, fish. <laughs> from the from the day and stuff like that, and like every morning it was just completely packed with like people oh trying to buy fish God. and seafood and stuff like that. But anyways, we get there, and the Airbnb guy doesn't have the best English skills. Yeah, um, as you do. He, well, like this is completely my fault, either way. Um, he gives us all the key codes like a few days before, and he's like, "Oh, but like these change all the time. Like I'll keep in contact with you about when I want them to change." So we get there, we get to this 
the weirdest way to... Uh, Hong Kong apartments are so complicated. And we get to this apartment and we put all the co- codes in, open the door, and there is all this crap there. There are <laughs> MacBooks on the thing, like... Ba- shopping bags and stuff like that. There are definitely people living there. I thought you were going to say we opened it and there was all this fish. No, that would have been so <laughs> That would have been great. Well, but no, it was a bunch of stuff. And then I just messaged the guy. I was like, I sent him a photo of the place. He's like, what's going on? Um, is this our place? He's like, get out now. <laughs> um, you are not supposed to be here. And I was like, wait, when are we supposed to be there? So I booked accommodation a day late. So then, like, we, we actually got to um, Hong Kong, unfortunately. Oh. So for the next two hours, I were, me and Sarush and our, fr- our, our, our friend, like, came and we were just trying to find a bunch of um, hotels for the night. Mm. And every hotel was booked out. We probably went to, like, six or seven in the area. Oh we went God. to spend, like, like, a, like 150 for the night, like, mm. AUD. And it was, like, oh very, God. like... It was just... Like, the one thing I had responsibility for, like, I, I screwed it up, and then I was just scrounging around. I felt so bad I paid for the whole hotel yeah, for the night. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those mistakes overseas are just so expensive. <laughs> so the yeah. But then there's, like, no alternative. You have to give in and pay the money, otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Like, sleep on the street. That's what you guys would have done. Oh, yeah, we were thinking about sleeping on the street. <laughs> Sleeping with the fishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's nice and cool if there's ice around for the fishies. Yeah, yeah. We were in January. It was quite cold. Oh, though. never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Let me just think of what I've experienced. I think it's not really lost in translation as well, but it was a really, like, terrifying experience. Also in Hong Kong. Um, my mum and my brother, the three of us, were staying at uh, Disneyland Hotel. And... <laughs> what? Biggest trust. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Obviously, Hong Kong traffic is known for being pretty insane and intense. Crazy. But the, the particular taxi driver that we um, encountered and whose car we entered and were going to travel to the Disneyland Hotel for... Anyway, this guy was either extremely agitated, extremely pissed, extremely sad, or just any other concoction of those kind of emotions in the sense that he was a maniac driver. (laughs) So I just remember, I don't remember like what happened after and what happened before we actually got into that taxi, but obviously didn't speak any English. And he just went on a fucking rampage and like was driving like crazy. It was, I just have this really vivid image of me, my mom and my brother, like clutching each other in the back seat. And like, even when we were getting our luggage out, I just remember as soon as that last luggage piece got out, the guy slammed the the trunk and he was, he was out of there. It was just such a bad experience. And I think, you know, yeah, that's, awful but i just thought of something else it's not necessarily what happened to me but a lost in translation i guess situation that happened to some of my friends that were traveling in korea like i think i was on the way to it was on the way to arts ball last year (laughs) i I remember because i was in my like address i specifically remember um and i get this messenger call from my friend from uni who's like traveling in korea and i knew about it and she goes danny do you speak korean i'm like yeah She's like, okay, so we're like in a taxi in Korea and we don't know where we're going. She essentially oh said that. So what, especially, uh, not especially, essentially, what was supposed to happen was they wanted to be dropped off at a station that would then allow them to get on a like underground train and then the, su- the subway, I guess, and then go to their hotel room. But there was some loss in translation and then this taxi driver was essentially just driving to the station that they were going to get to but via subway so there was some sort of misunderstanding there so they were on the highway and they had absolutely no idea what was going on so just to give some context seoul the capital of korea and the airport the main airport Incheon airport is about an hour and a half distance away give or take so in order to get to Seoul, like, if you catch a taxi, it's going to cost a lot of money, even though taxis are really cheap in Korea. You usually catch a shuttle bus, which is a lot cheaper, but they didn't know about this. And so they got on this taxi thinking that they could get to the nearest, um, like, train station from the airport, but they essentially... There was, yeah. 
So she was like, I don't know what's going on. Can you talk to the taxi driver for me? So here I am, ready to get off at Strathville Station, I specifically remember. And they're like, can you talk to the taxi driver? So I get on the phone and this guy's like explaining how he's on the highway. He can't like take any exit because this takes him straight to Seoul, like blah, 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 blah. In the end, they managed to get off all right and they didn't pay as much as I think they should have. Luckily, because there was uh, some clarification was given, but it was like, if they had not been able to contact me, that could have been an even more like they mm. would have had no idea For what sure, was going yeah. on. But yeah. I explained to them that was the situation, and yeah. But that was pretty pretty insane. But I'm glad you're okay and you're okay <laughs> and we're all okay and we're alive <laughs> and we're here um, talking about these riveting mm. topics. Um, but this is not necessarily like something that I wrote down, but. Um, is there like if you take us through like a list of places that you've been to the main kind of places that kind of pop up into your mind I think it will be a nice segue into like a more subtopic I just want to talk about like your favorites in terms of travel but like just give us a little um, background as to what travel has been like for you and your family and you independently um, after you've graduated high school and stuff like where have you been around the world what are some like standout um, places that you've been, etc. Just very casually. Go. Um, I think maybe like, it kind of depends on yeah what sort of travel you're looking for. Cause like mm-hmm. yeah, whenever I've gone traveling with my family, I know we um a while ago we went to like London for a couple of weeks. My mum, dad, brother, and I, um, and that was you know amazing in its own way. It was you know my, it's somewhat similar to Sydney, but huge culture shock in a different yeah. way. Like I remember specifically when we you know we got off the plane and we were um we just made it into London and my brother got really, really angry at dad and we couldn't work out why. He just said, dad, you told me London was a village. This isn't a village. <laughs> so, so I guess it's random. kind of like, and he was young. No, he was very, very young. Like he was, I don't know, he would have been, I think maybe seven or so. He was young, but it's kind of just like culture shock is one yeah. thing that is pretty mm. sort of, I mean, it's a bit scary in some ways, but it's kind of special to mm-hmm. be able to just see something that's so different. Um, Another time was when I went with yeah my dad to Solomon Islands. That was yeah like another yeah. sort of family thing. So I guess if you go with family, it's yeah a different sort of travel, um, and that was really really nice just being with dad and having you know father son sort of trip. Mm. But um, then going with friends is sort of a different story. Like there's a lot more risks involved because you actually are supposed to be responsible. But obviously Mitch and I have <laughs> <laughs> not quite nailed that. But um, yeah I think yeah traveling with friends. I know I think one of the sort of best places that I've been to with friends was when I was with Michael and Mark and we went to um Havar. Mm. It's an island near Croatia. We, it was not intentional. We'd sort of accidentally timed it with Ultra, the mm. music festival, which mm. was huge. Like, it's not really our scene so much, but there were just so many people in the island. So I think yeah. that was one of the sort of coincidentally best experiences. I think that's such a great thing about travel is yeah, just so much sure. stuff just happens by accident. It can yeah. be bad, like you screw up and it's expensive or sometimes just something oddly good like that happens and it's just, yeah, yeah. it's great in that it's way. Yeah. yeah, that's really awesome. Mitch? Um... You know, like, I feel like experiencing travel with um, my friends has been so different than with my parents. I feel like something I've noticed and something I've, like, talked to people generally is, like, the things that are forced upon you, like, growing up, as soon as you have the independence to do whatever, you you go against it and you try different things. Like, for Mm -hmm. example, like, on holidays, me and my family, like, it's, it's if we're not doing something, it's a waste of a holiday. <laughs> and it's like, yes. like, especially my parents aren't really beach people as well. So like, if we go somewhere in the summer, which we barely did because they're not really beach people, mm. it was just like 40,000 steps a day kind of thing, you know? <laughs> and mum, you know, my mum, Dora, she loves it, mate. She, she absolutely loves I can it. just imagine your mom. But yeah, and then, oh um, but like when I went to Greece, which was, last year it was like my first like big international trip like away from family I was so excited for it because like the beach in general is something that I've only experienced so much more of since finishing high school and I was just like I just came to relax and it was like such a good balance to be fair that trip was completely organized by my friend Nicole because she like a bit of a freak with it she loves it (laughs) and um uh, I didn't have to think much luckily um (laughs) um, but yeah it was just like it was just I I just got to like sit there for the ride and we just got to do fun things and like got to relax when we wanted to relax and got to do things when we wanted to do things and Mm. yeah but since finishing like it's I've been to like different kinds of places and I've just found them all so enjoyable so far Mm. 
That's a really good Because yeah. what you guys have touched base on is actually one of the main points that I wrote down, like traveling with mates versus family versus like an educational thing mm. or a sporting tour thing. Mm. Like it's so different, right? Like at least for me, I think it hasn't been like compared to you guys, I probably haven't done as much travel with like my friends as such. I've only done one real trip with one of my best friends after high school instead of schoolies where we went to Korea. But like that was not really that intense intense or insane because I speak the language and I can just plan as we go and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think from what you guys say, it's such a different experience. Like like traveling with your friends um, is, I guess, I don't know, a more independent journey and there's a lot more unexpected things that pop up and you can kind of let loose and have fun and really enjoy wherever you are for what it is versus being with your family there's certain things you need to uphold like respecting what your parents or your family might have already planned yeah and it's kind of tricky to diverge from what they expect it to be like they're also paying so it's like yeah yeah, yeah, no, yeah like, exactly yeah, that's true too yeah, i guess you have a bit more yeah financial freedom when you're not it's good like yeah. it's like it's good like, bad, yeah it's like it's when you do fuck up, it is. It's, it's straight out of your yeah. 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 Very uh, yeah. clear um, examples of what yeah. we've heard. Yeah, for sure. I don't know, but um, I think for my family, particularly my mum, has really prioritised travelling because... Um, like she doesn't really like buying much material stuff and like after my dad passed away and stuff I think she really wanted to make sure that we had those experiences because some people might like it's really interesting some people say like oh why like waste all this money and like going overseas blah 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 but I would say traveling and experiencing different cultures allows you to grow in a way that's really hard to like pinpoint it's not a tangible thing it's not something you can grab or you can tick off but rather just learning to appreciate different cultures and different ways of living um just like so many different things it allows you to become a more well-rounded person and a more respectful person when you come back to your own country at least that's what i felt yeah I think as well, like, for people who are, like, against travel at this age, I think about, and they say, like, it's a waste of money and stuff. In all honesty, I think, like, say 5K for, like, a good international trip, let's mm. say, right? Everyone, every millennial in Sydney is like, oh, I've got to buy a house. Is that 5K that you spent when you were 21 years old on, like, an amazing trip really going to be the difference between you buying a house or not? Yeah. So it's just kind of like... Like, you think, like, you've got to think, like, obviously you have to save and stuff like that, but you also have to enjoy what you can have, the opportunities presented, because you're right, like, it's not a tangible thing what you gain from Mm. travel, but you'll always take something away at least. Yeah, definitely. Like, I remember after my first trip away, probably with friends in that first year of uni, I remember before, like, when, you know, coming out of high school, everyone kind of wants to be pretty similar, like, the whole idea of high school, you want to conform, you don't want to be different or anything. Then I remember when we came back from that first trip, so many were like, oh, you guys have changed, or you guys are so different now. And I was like, <laughs> and it was kind of just like partially, it was like, well, I mean, yeah, of course, like you would kind of hope so. Like in a way, I remember, and the three, you know, when we talk about it now, looking back on it, like for all three of us, we think that was probably one of the best sort of positive changes. Like you said, it's, I couldn't really say exactly how we changed mm. or, you know, what sort of this big, you know, big change that people seem to see was. Like, I don't really know what it was, but... It was the hair, mm. mate. Oh, that was oh. shocking. <laughs> no, that happened afterwards. That was just a... That was a loss of self-respect. That was... <laughs> that was to bring myself back to earth. That's um, <laughs> right. Hey, how are you living? You learn. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think definitely you do grow. Yeah. When you travel, especially by yourself, when you really are responsible for everything, you kind of learn... Yeah, yeah. learn a bit about yourself and how things work outside of yeah. that sort of... Yeah. You know, whether it's the bubble that you live in or your friend group or whatever it is, you can't just go outside and realise that the world really is just, I don't know, that much bigger. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot more stuff going on. Yeah. I don't think I would have the same perspective about, like, people Mm. and just life in general, as, like, sappy as that sound, if I had not had had the experience to see, for example, like, Bali when I went in 2011 with my, like, extended family even as like 11 year old seeing like children come up to like our tourist van and like knocking on the window and mm-hmm. begging for money and just seeing the kind of conditions of the roads just <laughs> walking through um and just all that kind of stuff it was just mm. so um eye-opening and that's like me when I was 11 like I really yeah. probably did not know much about like the world but it's just such a clear image of um 
yeah, what I experienced at that age. And, yeah, super, super important. But um, just to kind of segue into the next thing, I do want to, like, talk about, like, your favourites. So, like, favourite cities, uh, favourite countries. What else did I write down? Favourite food spots, adventure spots, airports. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick off with airports. Favourite airports, favourite memories um, in the airport. <laughs> like... Go for it. I can start this one. Honestly, like, <laughs> I only have came, started going here recently, but Hong Kong International Airport, man. Like, <laughs> been there, like, four times now this year. Because it was, like, for the... Um, Did you for, stop over there? When yeah, you I stopped over in Europe? July, yeah. Um, that was an interesting stopover. <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically... Uh, yeah, that was that was really really. It's just nice. I had Starbucks for the first time there, oh, interesting. and it was just it was just a cultural was point. What can I say? Had an ice mocha, and I'll <laughs> never forget it. Too far went to the bathroom a few times on that flight. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. But yeah, it was a. It was a. I don't know. It's just it's really nice. They have a lot of nice stores there, and it's so big, but you kind of know your way around. Like mm. it's like, yeah. I just I I really enjoyed my time in Hong Kong International Airport. Thank God. It's not as great now. I wouldn't recommend going oh, at the moment. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, that's really unfortunate. I'm I'm very fortunate that I got to go at the time that yeah, I did. It's, yeah, it's pretty. I actually have a friend right now who's at um, the university there, and yeah. just seeing a social media of like the way the university is being trashed. I mean, the media will only focus on like where it's really, really yeah, bad. And like my flatmate's boyfriend just came back from Hong Kong, and he was saying for him it was fine. Um, but like for my friend Sam, like. Oh my god, the stuff that I saw on her social media, well, like it's actually terrifying. It looks so it's such apocalyptic. A atmosphere. How yeah, day to day I know now? it's pretty insane, but yeah. every she's okay. Flatmate's boyfriend's okay. We're all good. Liam, airport. I think it was kind of like so. I got really really lucky in a sort of in a twelve month period between like September last year to September this year. Just gone. Um, yeah, yeah, in that time frame. So between, like, family, travel, and, like, what I'd done with friends, um, all the sort of, you know, those Qantas points accumulated. So I got really lucky, and I just scraped this, like, Qantas gold thing. So it was just... Um, yeah, oh so it just kind of, like, all the stars sort of aligned over these 12 months. Like, our family holidays were later in the year, and I mm. happened to be able to go away with friends in the same mm. sort of year. So it all kind of worked out. So I had this Qantas gold with, when we got to um, Qatar, and this is when I was coming back. Oh, Sorry, no. not Qatar. Um... <laughs> no, the other one. Dubai. Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <The other one. laughs> Qatar and Doha. Yeah, and then, yeah it's, kind, yeah. it's confusing. Yeah, sometimes. um, yeah. Dubai. So I got really, really lucky and I could take, cause it, just because of that membership, I could go into the, the business lounge there. Oh my God. And not only that, but I could actually take a friend in. So I took Michael, so my friend Michael, um, we were like, we got to go in together. Yeah. And it was kind of just after a big, like it had been a big, you know, sort of couple of weeks away that particular trip with various things that had happened over the trip so it was really really nice because we've been obviously friends like forever so it was really nice for the two of us to have this kind of a, it was we had an eight hour stopover as well that's so, so good it was yeah not gonna lie it was probably one of the most sort of blissful <laughs> um inter-travel experiences the airports what, had. Like, what did they offer uh there was kind of like so there was pretty much like whatever food every there was because i think it's one of the biggest land i think one of the biggest uh, in the world but yeah. um they had yeah also different areas were dedicated to different things so there was like sushi um Basically everything, but I remember the sushi was particularly good because that's not, I don't know, don't know yeah. we have that in an airport. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then they had, you could have a shower, which is sort of like revolutionary, I felt. Yeah. Like, you could it's actually feel so clean, nice. which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and it sort of just made the second leg of the trip actually bearable. bearable. So it was almost like a mini little holiday extra destination in its own right. So that was, yeah, that was just very, very Sounds lucky. Sounds so good. Yeah, but that was, that's all gone now. So, yeah. <laughs> the points have yeah, been Yeah, the points have all gone. But no, that was just a, yeah, sort of a one-off, quite lucky sort of yeah. way that the stars are aligned. Yeah. So that was definitely for me the best yeah. airport. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm pretty lucky as well, but I've seen some of, like, the best airports in the world. Like, Incheon Airport in Korea is amazing. Changi Airport in Singapore is amazing. Um, Doha Airport in Qatar was yeah. bloody, like, futuristic crazy, as well. Right? Yeah, Incheon Airport is obviously so nice because it's in Korea. Like, um, you have all the traditional food you can eat. There's, like, there's a new terminal. There's a gym and, like, a <laughs> both of your faces just... <laughs> yeah, there's a gym and, like, a really nice gym and, like, a sports centre and things like that. Love that. And, like, 
VR, like, I don't know, some technological things. I know. You can go on like traditional tours within the airport as well. Lots of duty free shopping, as you can imagine. Um, oh, so, so much great stuff. <laughs> And then Chang Airport obviously is kind of world famous for like mm. its incredible facilities. I don't know if it was Chang Airport. I think it was. I watched you know Yes Theory on yeah. YouTube. They like did this challenge where let's see how long we oh, can I've last in the yeah. airport without oh. getting caught. And it's yeah, I think they have like showers and little sleeping pods Ooh. and stuff as well. You like check in. It's pretty oh, pretty wow. crazy. Um, that and Doha Airport. Um, it is so futuristic because there's so many terminals, right? So it takes probably like ages to walk to and from the terminals. So they have this like, I'll show you guys a video later after we record, but it's like this travel thing, but it's like transparent and it's like a monorail kind of thing, but it's not actually a monorail. It's like this little, little cube thing that like, <laughs> yeah, it probably doesn't make much sense until <laughs> you guys see the video. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it, yeah. But yeah, it's pretty crazy and pretty amazing i was in awe but um when i was there there was like this alarm that kept going off about some sort of like security threat oh so i'm all like that. freaking out like what is going on um but yeah doha airport is also not as like congested it's not as crowded as what you might get in Incheon or Changi or even dubai yeah. so i just remember it being really really nice but i was so sick when we landed in that airport so it was not a very nice experience but yeah the food was decently priced i think it was all right but yeah um the next thing i want to ask you guys do you have a favorite city or a favorite country in a city that you've visited that honestly like remains is somewhere that you reckon you could take your family in the future maybe even or belgium. you would vi- <laughs> all right uh, belgium nice. what's so great about belgium um I went there in year 10 for a school football trip. Um, it was very lucky. Like, I think I was, like, a replacement pick for, like, the last pick. So I was shouldn't have gone on it, to be honest. Um, I was very lucky to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, as Liam can attest, I'm not very good at the sport. Um, but, yeah, I, w- I went to that. And we spent about a week or so in Belgium. In Belgium. And it was just... Like, the whole experience and the whole country is just so beautiful and mm. it's really one of those places where it's what you can make of it. Mm. I'd walk around the city and it's just so beautiful. Like, it's such a good cross between, like, a city and, like, a town, like, village kind of thing. And when did you go? Did you go, like, during Christmas time when, like, yeah, the markets were around? it was in December and the markets oh, were around. Oh, so and nice. And it was so nice. Yeah, it was, it was just really nice. Great, um... Mussels, oh, <laughs> loved the mussels, loved the chocolate, loved the hot chocolates with a bit of Bailey's in it. It's a very good oh, time. Um, and Year yeah, 10. We had, we had some Year 10, Mitchell, with we, the chocolate we, and the Bailey's. We, we got to, um, <laughs> off my head, um, we went with, um, so for part of the tour, we saw a couple Australian international football players. They played a, oh, a match yeah. against each other. It was Matt Ryan and Troisi played oh, a game against each other. And, um, and yeah, it was not <laughs> bad. And, um, Matt Ryan actually came with us into the city. I think it was in um, it was in Bruges when we were in Bruges, and he came around. He was like shopping with us. We spent so the day sick. with Matt Ryan. Oh, I didn't know that. Ah, so yeah, it was a pretty now. pretty funny day. Um, really, he was a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Lots of fun. That would yeah. It was I, just good memories. When I think of like Christmas markets and that like beautiful kind of buzz around this time, I think of like Belgium and like Germany and like not that I've been before. I'd love to, but um, that's what I think of. Because when I went to Prague, it was in January, so it was mm. after the Christmas period. But a lot of the decorations were still up, mm. and I think we were in Old Town in Prague, and just like the feel of the markets and the sauerkraut and the sausages mm. and just like all these little cute trinkets and stuff, it was just such a nice, like warm feeling. And I, I imagine it would be like even crazier when it's around um, Christmas time in December, yeah. like right now. So, man, that would have been really, really lovely. Yeah. Um, Liam, what about? Yeah, I mean, you've been to so many places, like, it's pretty tricky to choose, hey? Um, I get, like, I guess somewhere to, if I was going to, like, live with a family, maybe somewhere like London, I guess, like, because it's kind of fairly similar mm, to, to Sydney, yeah. but it's just got so much more history. Mm. Um, there's just a lot more to do there, um, I found, and it's just, I really, really like that as a sort of city to be with family, but actually, and, like, I don't just say this 
because of you know whatever stereotype but actually Amsterdam itself as a city was one of the actual like prettiest cities I've actually been to like For I sure. said so I've been there I think three or four times oh my god but the most, a lot yeah, yeah but the most recent time when I went with my mum that's yeah. like I was much more you know I was with my mum so it was a much more sort of tame trip and I had a lot yeah. more time to so I think it was every day so I was there for I think five six days and every day I was walking about between 10 to 15 k's and it was just because I'd start out in the morning it was like nice and cool so it was you know good weather for it perfect weather for it but you could they just walk down anywhere and just get lost. And it was sort of like it was enjoyable getting lost because it's all yeah. sort of the whole city is almost concentric circles of um of like canals and riverways. Um, but like so many of the houses they just don't sit straight, so they're all on angles. Yeah. None of them are built like perfectly, you know, perfectly next to each other. Isn't that really trippy? It, it, it is. is kind of, yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was like I don't know. It was one of the most sort of. And the way the city feels is obviously because of the things that are allowed there. It's quite it feels a, very safe. It's, it's very. It's actually yeah. It actually feels a lot more safe than you may think it would be. Mm. Um, and also, it's just a very very liberal sort of city. So sort of a lot of sort of things kind of just go. So for example, like the roadways, I just have bikes all over them. Yeah. And, you know, whereas here it's sort of big aggro between yeah. bikes and um, um, cars. Drivers, whereas, yeah. Like, over there, it's like bikes. It's insane here. Oh, oh I know. The bikes there have like right away over everyone. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of just. I felt like yeah. The, the actual vibe of the city is somewhere else. You know, I would spend time being in. It was actually really, really, yeah, actually a nice vibe to the city. Yeah, yeah. Outside, outside oh, of everything that you know, other stuff yeah, that goes yeah, on yeah. there. Um, and like the shopping was, I actually really enjoyed shopping yeah. there. Yeah. There were small boutique kind for of shops. Yeah. Do you guys definitely recommend me visit when I'm over in? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Like you're. It's like it's. I can't say that any of the other places I've been to are similar to Amsterdam and for yeah. that on its own. That's a really big yeah. statement to yeah. make, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, it is whatever you make of it. Like, if you just go there for, you know, whatever and you just sort of just do the same thing yeah. every day, it's not it's not the nicest yeah. city in the world because you don't do anything. But if you actually get out of that, I know, that can be part of it. It's an aspect to it. Yeah, of you course. You can actually just see so much more. Like Vondel Park, you know, it's, it's a big city and it's just got one of the biggest parks. I think maybe the biggest park in Europe or something like that. I got abused in Vondel Park. Oh, there's some crazy Oh. What yeah. the heck? Oh yeah, you get abused for being literally anything. But sure. it's like, but there are some crazies there. But it's like, it's a. But in that but sort of sense, happens, it's, yeah. But that's yeah. kind of that's what comes hand in hand with the city being, I guess, somewhat liberal. Like you know, you're not going to be cracking down on whatever yeah. craziness or yeah. Yeah. homelessness in the park. Yeah. yeah. And that goes hand in hand with having a really sort of relaxed, you know, city yeah. that felt safe. Like there's police yeah. around, but yeah. they're not you know handing you for whatever they're yeah. there to make sure things are safe. Yeah, I think so yeah, it's definitely a need. With Prague as well, everyone's like, oh, my God, it's like the red light district, blah, 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 like, keep your bags and stuff to yourself because Prague can be pretty like that yeah. as well. But my experience in in Prague, yes, I was 17. I didn't really do much, to be honest, just, like, walk around and go to bakeries. And I was there for a conference, <laughs> so I was indoors most of the time. But the times that we went outside at night, like, I thought it was really, really beautiful. And I'd love to visit Prague again, Um just kind of but I do have to say it's not a place where you can stay for more than probably mm. like four days there's yeah. really not much to do in Prague but um I found like food in Prague and Geneva really hard like everything was just Prague was cheap but there was just not much variety yeah, just I, bakery yeah. stuff and um in Geneva everything was so expensive like that's God. one thing it is expensive to go because, like, yeah. they're just going to take advantage of you as a tourist for yeah. the most part. Like, depending on where you're staying, yeah. it is hard to um, get the cheap eats. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely. But I've just heard from people that are on exchange at the moment that we're so lucky in Australia to have the diversity of good food that we do. Mm. Like, I think we take it for granted because yeah. um, one of my friends who's on exchange in Birmingham at the moment, which is where I'm going, she said, if you can't cook Asian food for yourself, like there's literally nothing in around. England especially yeah. yeah apparently food is awful which is so bland. odd which is because I when I went to London as well similar to what you say I really felt at home like in terms of I felt the same yeah home it home really home, yeah feels way, yeah. like Sydney feels like any other major city in Australia but is also quite different there's a yeah. different aspect in it like different an energy, energy, energy yeah. and essence to it right yeah. but apparently it's quicker it does <laughs> the food is shit so, I don't know, but I, I think it was because I was comparing from, like, Geneva, and then when I arrived at Gatwick Airport, I was like, oh, my God, m has so many different options, because, like, I bought, like, a 17 AUD dollar um, quiche at um, Geneva Airport. Disgusting. Absolutely gross. Like, I probably I had half quiche. of it. <laughs> and then an hour and a half flight into um, Gatwick Airport, and then... 
I had so many options at M&S and yeah. I bought food for less of like less than what I'd paid for this freaking quiche and I was so much more satisfied. So that was really <laughs> good. Great. Start to yeah. Start. Good start to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, has there been like a specific meal or food that you guys have had? Wasn't there like some like Bro, meat thing in, uh, in Greece? That- uh, <laughs> Greece, I was averaging like two euros a day, like, like kebabs pretty much. But like my most recent trip to Amsterdam, basically I get to Amsterdam. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. It, was, it, must be said, it must be said that this, the first time I tried this sandwich, it was before any help was given through substances yes um but basically i think you've told me about yeah i've told because i can't shut up about it (laughs) so i I, I arrived at amsterdam at 6 a.m and my friend was arriving at like 1 p.m so i was just chilling in the airport for a bit and then i get to the hostel and it's about like 12 so about lunchtime and i was you know feeling a sandwich i want like a gourmet sandwich right now Google Maps is your, f- not Google Maps, Google in general is your friend when you're overseas. Yeah, sure. Literally look up best dot 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 near me and it's going to come up. Mm-hmm. So I looked up best sandwiches Amsterdam, best sandwiches near me. I go to this place, this place called Coz Sandwich Shop in Amsterdam. It's like just off one of the canals. Mate, I got the number 22. It was the roast beef with this fig jam mayo. Wow. Like, this is stuck with you. Damn, you like I remember all the details. Me and Carl had it a few more times on the trip. Shit, like more than once. There. Oh my god. Uh, oh, mate. It was just immense. The, the ladies were lovely there. They did a great juice as well. It was just unforgettable my other friends caroline like they just went to amsterdam and like i was like you better go here and then she said like i thought you were on one like you just (laughs) told me so much crap about this bloody sandwich shop and she was like it was the best sandwich i've ever had i think i I should go cause sandwich shop i've got like look it up mate it's on my instagram (laughs) 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 it's so important to me yeah, man. Shop. Yeah, you're like gonna cry. I yeah. reckon you could cry about this. I loved it so much. I reckon I want to try it as well when yeah, I go. Yeah, you better. Like, no, no. Send you a whole video, like, Please review do. about this. Send him one in the post. Yeah. Oh, I, I should. <laughs> Please do. Ship to Mission Moscato. <laughs> My friend took a photo of the menu, so we're like gonna recreate all the sandwiches off this menu. Oh, wow, fig, like, mayo. Oh, that sounds so, so it was, gourmet. It was so mm. good, wow. mate. I can't even, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll proceed to continue talking about food because I think it's very important when you travel. <laughs> Liam, is there anything that you've eaten where you're like Mitchell level about to cry? <laughs> I think it was, I don't know, maybe it wasn't maybe like just that it was like necessarily actually like that amazing. But it was kind of just, I mean, we were in, when I was in Africa doing this world challenge sort of thing, mm. we were up in sort of the middle of nowhere. And this, I was almost just like a one sort of family village. Like it was tiny, wow. tiny. And we were kind of just going through there. And obviously they're all being pre-organized, whatever. So they they made dinner one particular night for us, and it was the most sort of simple goat curry. It was just basically a stewed goat, and like obviously goat meat's fairly tough. Mm. And the only I can't remember what it's called anymore, but it's essentially just like basically like quite large, almost like cotton ball size grain, and it cooks kind of like rice, kind of, except it's still quite starchy in the middle and fairly mm. like kind of gloopy on the outside. And it was one like, I don't know it was a very very sim- you know sort of simple thing, but it just tasted like. I know, like, amazing. And maybe just because we've been, like, very, very, very hungry. Yeah. And done a lot of walking. But it was just kind of, like, these two things. Like, I you know, don't normally eat goat. And obviously, it's, yeah, like, a fairly tough meat. But yeah. it sort of had the same relative reaction. <laughs> like, wow, I'm going to go find goat. And I, like, I can't remember what the grain is called anymore. But that goat and the grain, I was like, oh, Damn. that's all I need to eat in Sydney anymore. <laughs> Do you know which part of Africa you were in? So we were in, that time was when we were in Botswana. Wow. So, yeah, that was, yeah, Botswana. Um, like a rural part of Botswana. Yeah, it was... I can't remember where specifically. It was Damn. just up from Okavango Delta in Botswana side. But Damn. Yeah. I really want to visit Africa as well because I yeah. recently had some Eritrean and Ethiopian food. There's Ooh. like this incredible restaurant run by refugee women um, in like the center of Brisbane City. And I went with two of my friends. Yeah, it's called Moors, M-U-O-Z. But yeah, it's just the food. It's more expensive because obviously you're not only paying for just the... Sh- food cost but you're the service and like it takes longer because it's homemade it's you know made with lots of love and i honestly can say it was worth everything like we had all these beautiful different types of curries and different dishes and then there's 
there's this i don't know what it's called but it's this kind of spongy like bread it's got like all these different holes in it because it's you know it's made like really really fresh um in the kitchen and it's yeah it's very interesting but you don't need any utensils you just eat with your hands and you like put this curry inside this roll and yeah wow it was amazing but i ate that in brisbane so i mean (laughs) um i imagine it would be amazing Um, (laughs) (laughs) betty's burger specifically on the gold coast yeah specifically first time i had betty's burger (laughs) in U games 2017 where in the Gold Coast? Like at Pack Fair or? No, Surfers. Oh, Surfers. Never mind. Yeah. Surfers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking because Pack Fair is like the huge. I've never, thing. yeah, I've never been to Pack Fair. You guys want to, it's just, it. it's just nice. It's I've, huge. I've spoken it's to, massive. The, to the people at Hype there a few times because like, they always like, <laughs> Cause, um, hey, hype pack fair. Oh, yeah. They, they always call... We were like a discount shoes... A discount... Like a... What's it called? Like a clear out hype. Yeah. DC. And... Um, like warehouse? Yeah, yeah. Kind of. And um, the... the All like the big stores would always call us because people like saw something online and they wanted to order it in. And mm. it was just so annoying. Like, <laughs> yeah. They always wanted our discount shoes. I'm like, that just takes our sales away. That's yeah. a bad rant. You... I actually have never tried <laughs> <laughs> I have actually never tried Betty's Burgers but I have one really close friend who she like loves it but yeah. anyway that's whatever <laughs> the, the one like meal that I specifically like always think about is Thai food in Thailand like oh, you know how like Thai food is just pretty good in Australia mm. we're pretty lucky to have good Thai food in Sydney um Thai food in Thailand is on another level. Yeah. Like the just something like a pad thai, like or pad siu. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> so much better in Thailand. Yeah. And we were at this. It was like one of the last days we were in Thailand in 2016. We were by like the river, so it was this like really local place by the river. You know, all the like mozzies and bugs are around because it's like so local and so right next to this swamp or river or whatever it is but like the food was so top notch and I'm really not a fan of like rice being a dessert thing so I just don't understand like sticky rice pudding Uh, or like you know when you yeah like you know at Woolies you can get rice it's just uh, I tried it I just cannot and even like the recent trend with like all the Chinese brands with the rice and like yogurt thing that yo oh, me and stuff like i haven't tried it but i don't know if i'll like it or not because anyway but <laughs> what i'm trying to say is mango sticky rice yeah is like good. one thing that i really really love yeah. and wow at that thai restaurant it was the most incredible mango sticky rice it can be so bad yeah it because be it could because so technically it's just like coconut coconut you know yeah and like what is it coconut like syrup or coconut milk yeah it's like, something no, it's like, like that. a coconut rice kind of yeah. thing and then they put like this mango and mango syrup all over it and but like, like you need to match it up like well and it needs, it needs to be, to be like, good rice yeah like, good, good rice mango, obviously. good mango good rice good coconut as well because yeah. yeah but wow that was really really amazing and i mean of course whenever i go to korea i eat so much gain weight everyone gains weight when you go to korea and I will have to say, like, if I talk about the differences in food in Japan and Korea, have you guys been to Japan? I have been to Japan. You haven't. That's no. so interesting. <laughs> I would have, I would have thought that you would have no, been to Japan. Yeah, I'd like to go there one day. But but you have. Been. Yeah, I have. Yeah, Japan and Korea is really different in different in the sense that Japanese food is very flavorsome, like sure. the ramen, the katsu, the curries. Everything is very like lots yeah, of flavor. Big punch, big yeah. Punch. Whereas Korean food also has a lot of flavorsome things, but there's a lot more like traditional like fermented and more healthier kind of soups and things like that so when i was in japan i was there for three weeks and by the end of the trip i was sick of ramen i was kind of (laughs) sick of like anything soy sauce based i was just like i cannot do this whereas korea is a bit different the kind of food that you have is a lot more like home homey and i do have to say probably i'm biased saying that because i am korean and i have korean food at home and i'm used to that but like I think just talking to other people that have been to Japan as well, like objectively speaking, the flavors are so intense in Japan. Yeah. But either way, I don't know what my life's going to be like next year with food. I reckon it's going to be yeah. quite different compared to how spoilt for choice I've been in Hurstville, which has a lot of Asian food. And yeah. even just, we really take it for granted, don't we, with the food. Yeah. Um, 
Well, what else? Any more favourites in terms of like adventure spots or like things to do in specific countries that you're like, I would 100% recommend this to someone who's travelling to this country. I think like it's kind of a pricey thing. This is something that I could only obviously do with family. Like it's not something I could mm. ever afford myself. But it was, um, so when I went to Africa with my family, the second time it was, um, that like so we did a safari for the first kind of half of it. First, well most of it was a safari when we went through um, Kenya. Um, and down into um, Tanzania, mm-hmm. and sort of I don't know, just the safari itself was just amazing. Because like obviously that's not something, given the way things are going, that's actually going to be around for all that yeah, much longer. But also like, I don't know, there was a couple of like really really interesting things that sort of we learned there about about specifically about hunting, which is quite interesting. And it's like not, it's yeah, obviously completely against it, but there was there's some aspects to hunting that are actually quite important in those countries. Mm. So, for example, I think for you know they can have the um, a lion can be shot, and where it's le- where they're allowed to hunt them, and you can pay you can get paid like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars back to the park for one lion. Wow. And so like so again like obviously very very anti hunting and all of that. Yeah. But it's it was just, just a really, different world. It was really, yeah. really interesting actually being there. And so the guy that sort of took us around, he was an ex um, ex military guy, and he one of his old jobs was he used to after he left the army he used to be one of the guys that would lie down in fields and would shoot um, poachers. Oh, oh, wow. so, oh, so yeah, so this guy was like basically as sort of you know anti hunting as you could get. Um, <laughs> and so obviously now he's you know Mello, he's a photographer yeah. now, mm. um, and so he he obviously loves the wildlife and everything. It was actually this guy that was telling us this sort of stuff. So it's quite easy to sort of just sit, I don't know, sit sit away from me like yes, hunting's bad because obviously yeah, it's bad. But actually being there in this sort yeah, of listening completely to what it's different like, environment, yeah. this guy who had every reason to be as against hunting as you could be or mm. against poaching, and he mm. was sort of saying that yes, it is bad. But in some sort of instances, in select, and obviously it has to be very controlled, mm. select areas and select species, it's actually not sort of one of the worst things. So yeah, I guess that was an amazing adventure. Wow. Going that's... through Africa. And it's like, because I, like I said, I went oh with, God. the world challenge was different because it was with friends. In specific much kind more of camping, agenda. Yeah. Sort of quite, you know, got yeah. to see things. But the second time with, you know, a bit more sort of freedom being yeah. with my parents and not having to be so responsible for yourself. Yeah. Different way to see the country. And that was probably one of the most amazing experiences I think I probably ever had was yeah. yeah seeing some of those animals yeah one of my best friends she um went to South Africa with her boyfriend like in June July this year because um his her boyfriend's family's from South Africa and the photos that she showed me and the videos that she sent me of like her doing the same thing like the safari and like mm-hmm. literally seeing like a lion and a cheetah or yeah. a leopard so cool. just like coming across like your little tractor thing it's crazy and there's like photos of her like next to a line and things like that it's just it's just things that we don't really think about Mm. but like when you get to experience it i guess it's like once again you're sucked out of your city life kind of persona and really get to experience like the natural Mm. world which is absolutely beautiful and just how important it is to actually make effort to save it yeah and like it's so easy to either just think that even like obviously it's great to donate but sometimes just sitting there thinking donating is doing enough when a lot of time it sometimes isn't depending on you know who or whatever it is you're donating to so i think yeah yeah just actually gives you a proper appreciation of what it's really like there. Like, obviously, mm. everyone sort of wants to save animals and species, yeah. but being there and seeing it yeah, was pretty sure. lucky. Obviously, not easy to do and pretty rare and sort of, yeah, yeah. lucky I could do it, but yeah. you get a really proper appreciation of yeah. everything that goes on there, sort of how it's changed mm. and what poaching's done to animals. Like, they've actually, a lot of elephants now are actually just biologically growing smaller tusks. Oh, wow, because, because they've the been... Because getting killed yeah. off. Shit. Um, um, so it's just sort of just the actual proper changes that are sad to see, but also yeah. once you see it, you have a proper sort of know, yeah. drive wow. to try and do something about That's it. That's amazing. What a good experience, yeah. Mitch. Uh, I don't know if I can top that, but look. <laughs> yeah, I uh, don't think I could uh, either. No, I don't know. It's a I, different story. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I suppose I just I just came back from Italy like with my friend and we were staying in Sorrento like when we wanted to do the um, Amalfi Coast and we did the boat trip the boat trip to capri the day trip mm-hmm. and we picked like we, we were like you know this is like the one thing you want to do when you're here so we picked like the most expensive one i think it was like 100 euros and it was just the most beautiful day i've ever had like mm-hmm. we were on a boat with these five middle-aged couples from essex in london oh and my stuff, god <laughs> and they just couldn't shut up and they were so funny and it was just me and my best friend like just sitting in the sun like with the most beautiful water around us in one of the most beautiful places in the world and talking to these older people and them giving us life advice and 
it was just a perfect day mm-hmm. and it was like honestly one of the most happy that I've ever been and I like I know that that experience is probably very specific to the day that me and my friend had kind of thing mm-hmm. but I think anyone could have if they're into that relaxy thing it's just something that mm-hmm. you have to do like, it sounds so so it's beautiful. I can just surreal. like picture it. So calm. And we're playing well. like Italian music as well. Oh, so to good. top it off. Yeah, finding those days when you travel is like pretty special. Yeah, yeah. really special. You special. look back well, on it. It just comes together and you're like, wow, that was a yeah. that was a good day. Yeah. Yeah. And you look back on it for years and years to come. Like it's mm. such a special thing. Yeah. Um, I think I have two recommendations. The first one um, is to anyone that gets to visit Korea, go do the DMZ tour. This is the thing that allows you to go to the border between North and South Korea. So there's a couple of options, like you can do the DMZ tour that myself and Jean did where you go through like one of the infiltration tunnels because North Korea has tried to like dig their way through underground towards South Korea before. So this was the third one. The third one's like been kind of cleaned up and opened so you can actually go climb not really climb, but walk inside one of the tunnels and, like, picture North Korean soldiers, like, digging. Yeah, it's pretty insane stuff. And you get to um, just have a look at North Korea from the very end part or at least one of the sides. Obviously, the demilitarized zone is huge and it's really, really long Mm. and wide as well. But... Alright guys, so this is what happened. So apparently you can only record for an hour and we had actually recorded right up until 59 minutes and 59 seconds and it was when I was talking about my recommendations of things to do like adventure stuff. So we essentially had talked all through about like, what did we, yeah, places we want to visit in Australia, the last place that we want to visit before we die, logistics, like travel adapters, oh my god. All of that as well. (laughs) But it's funny, (laughs) far out, oh man, but it's not the worst, like, I think what happened is I did record one episode with my friend Charlene, and we got interrupted before we hit the hour, because our hour library booking was up, but we know for next time, so quick fire, we'll go through what we already (laughs) talked about. So sorry to make you guys repeat this. But the first thing was like logistical advice in terms of travel adapters, um, currency and phone plans. So quick, quick, what did we talk about? SIM cards, get them, make sure everyone does in the group chats for like good communication. Yeah. Very important for travel. Communicate with your group always. And setting otherwise. expectations, like what to expect from yeah, this trip, legit. especially with friends. Holy shit, so oh, yeah. important. One thing with SIM cards, I actually didn't say before, don't do it, I didn't get it in the wrong language. So my, oh, mate, yeah, I know it was okay. I just kind of, you know, being stupid, I assumed that oh, of course, SIM cards are in English. Why would you not have your SIM card? In English? Oh so yeah, I got one in Germany, and now every sort of text update or data update <laughs> yeah. is just completely in German. Deutschland. So, um, yeah, be smart in that. Yes. Adapters like we talked about getting power boards, like yeah. strong yes. recommend making friends with power boards. Friends. Yes, yeah, um, Cash when you need it, and in regards to like. Um, in regards to like just having your card like knowing if you need a travel card or your debit card or your credit card yeah. can be used overseas yeah and like cash is good for budgeting yeah um but places some places don't really use cash like liam was saying in sweden um yeah yeah know what kind of transactional uh like source that you can use in a particular country or even a town because like food markets mm-hmm. and stuff like that you probably need loose change yeah. and yeah um a bit of research yeah um the other thing was where do you want to visit in Australia? So, yeah, Liam was saying. Well, first I'd said, you know, one case, because it was easy <laughs> to dive in. But, yeah, given what Mitch said, I think I'll change my vote. Yeah. Um, yeah, what? so there's this pink <laughs> lake in Perth, pretty much. And, like, I don't know, how does that, it is a pink lake. Like, it is very pink, and it's just, like, how does that exist? Like, it shouldn't yeah, exist. It's literally pink. Yeah, it's pink. It's the same as, colour as my pencil case and your water bottle. It's and... the same colour as most of Danny's <laughs> Yes, pretty and, much. And, um, yeah, it's just an amazing thing, an amazing wonder of the world that I really want to go see. Yeah, amazing. And I was just saying, like, I really want to road trip around um, Australia because there's just so many beautiful places to see. And we really are lucky just living in the city and just being by the coast and being by the beach. Um, but our country has so much beautiful things and beautiful landmarks to offer and somewhere like the Great Barrier Reef that I haven't visited. Have you guys been to? Yeah. You guys have? Yeah, I haven't. And it's, we don't have very long until the whole place is really bleached and completely 
irretrievably destroyed by climate change and global warming. Um, so yeah, I would love to travel anywhere further west because um, you can see the stars and like even traveling southwest from Brisbane to go to Lake Mugara, which a lot of people in Brisbane have been going to to see the stars. You can imagine how much more clearer the night sky would be the further inland you go. Uh, the last question that I essentially asked the boys was, if you could go to one last place before you died, or if there was one place that you would love to visit before you die, where would that be? So what were your answers? Um, North Pole, not really a country I know, but yeah, it's like, like you're saying, it's one of those places that won't be around forever. Um, probably will be gone fairly soon, as well as you know the animals live there, like polar bears are definitely on their way yeah. out. Um, so yeah, North Pole is one place I'd really, really love mm-hmm. to be able to go to. Yeah, crazy, and see like the aurora yeah, lights. Yeah, the Northern Lights are pretty special. Yeah, yeah. so nice. And I said, like, Maldives. I remember my uncle asked me, like, a couple years ago, or, like, recently maybe, if you had to go anywhere in the world tomorrow, like, where would it be? And I said the Maldives, just because it's just, it just looks like heaven. Hey, like, you want, like, you obviously want your last place to be a spectacular experience. And, like, I feel like it's just so different to any other place that you're going to go to. Just, like, a way The water just seems so clear. It just looks insane. Hey, like amazing um and i said i'd really love to visit malta because i've heard that it's such a beautiful little island where everyone's really really close the people are friendly and it's just a really lovely place to visit um but if i was sneaky and add another um thing i'd really love to visit north korea like Mm -hmm. the history between south and north korea and just Korean history in general is so interesting and it's not very well known and I'm personally reading a book at the moment about the Japanese occupation and what happened in Korea after the second world war after like the atomic bombing in Japan and when they left Korea and then when I guess Russia, China and America started taking control of the mainland and how the North Korea, South Korea split happened. And it's honestly not that long ago because my grandparents lived through the war and that occupation period. So I have a really good understanding and I'm really lucky to understand the history behind my country. And I think that's one of the best things that you can do in terms of like being aware of like your roots. So my grandpa and my grandma have both visited North Korea and done some incredible work there. And I would just love to really experience what it's like and to kind of differentiate how lucky we are with our civil rights in in a world where we live in in Australia versus you know how deprived other people are in North Korea it's just really really crazy but I think it's safe to say that each one of us through travel when we were young with our families on family trips and with our mates and other educational things that we've done it's contributed so so much to the people that we are today um of course financially travel is not something that everyone can afford unfortunately and it is a luxury but i think the main message to come out of today's kind of really nice episode is that it is possible to prioritize and to value put monetary value on the experiences that you gain from traveling because not only is it just kind of taking you out of your comfort zone which i'm pretty sure you guys have experienced as well in different countries but just to get a more holistic understanding of the people around us, mm-hmm. um, not just in our own communities and our own ways of living. So thank you very, very much for joining me today. Thanks for um, hosting. No, yeah, I hope you guys <laughs> listening um, also found something useful, had a bit of a laugh. Um, and yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy all your travels in the future. But I think that's it for now. We have an episode that's over an hour. So see you later, friends. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch and Liam. Um, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>